The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. And we're singing, clad, clad, our offense is dry. We only needed two yards, but our ground game has died. Every touch you earn brings a tear to my eye. Singing turns out the first round was too high. It turns out the first round was too high. What's up, folks? My name is Matt Connor. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. I had to I had to do it just for the sake of please entertaining my host, my co-host. I just had to do it. That was unreal. That was legendary. That was the greatest intro to any podcast ever, bar none. I what? Well, yeah, I appreciate that. That's good. We got a lot to talk about. Clyde's not part of it, but I had to get a Clyde joke in there because he's still driving me crazy, even though we're six and one and sitting on the throne of the AFC. Folks, if you're with us, we uh, we love you hanging out with us. We love hanging out with each other. We'd do this even if no one was listening, but we're glad you're listening. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got reunions. We got injuries. We got trade talk. We got uh, legal cases. We've got dominance of the team itself. We've got Taylor and Trav and Pat and Andy and Nick and whatever else is going on. Sterling, there's a lot going on in Chiefs Kingdom, my man. Uh, like, how are you feeling about this whole? How are you in week eight, by the way? I mean, seriously, call me Gnarls Barkley because I'm going crazy over here. This is nuts. Like, <laughs> we can't have anything normal. Like, there just can't be a normal week. The Chiefs are six and one. They're they're atop the NFL, best record in the AFC. They'd be the one seed right now. Everything's starting to click offensively. At least it starts to seem like. You think the defense reverts back to 2018? And next thing you know, they're like, nah, we're just playing with y'all. Chargers, you are not going to score in the second half. Like, what a turnaround. Steve Spagnuolo, here's to you. And then you have Justin Ross' situation. I'm sitting here like, come on. Come on. Come on. Everything, everything's trending the right way. And then Justin Ross, who finally starting to get on the field. He had a bad game. I mean, his red zone Ross looks like it's not going to take off anytime soon. And then that. This is just a non-ideal situation. Yeah. Let's dive into that. I mean, that's on the forefront of what everyone's thinking right now, at least on this Tuesday. The the Chiefs have – the Chiefs are a great team. There's a lot to appreciate here. On paper, Justin Ross is nothing more than a fringe roster player, right? They carried seven to carry him. A guy has three catches – 
for 34 yards. Like, like the importance of Justin Ross is not a story to this team, but because of who he's been in college, because of the expectations, because of the promise that he brought as an undrafted free agent, and because of the story, the story coming back from injuries and stuff, it's becoming so much bigger. So, you know, it, it's not just a small story to most of Chiefs Kingdom. It's a big one. Um, and then for it to hit like this, you know, like he was slowly earning more playing time, like you said, then here it is. Um, you know, like when the arrest happened, for those who don't know, Justin Ross was arrested yesterday. There was a lot of questions about what exactly happened. He showed up today in court via Zoom. Um, you know, he, he got a bond of just $2,500. There's some allegations here about a domestic violence incident in which some property was destroyed. Yeah, I can look at actually pulled up right here. It's the Kansas domestic battery charge defined as knowingly causing physical contact with a person with whom the offender is involved or has been involved in a dating relationship or a family or household member when done in a rude, insulting or angry manner in quote. Uh, Ross is due again in court December 4th. Again, when this first came out, it was a felony charge of over a thousand dollars now that has been um uh yeah reduced to less than a thousand dollars according to court records in johnson county um he pleaded not guilty to both of the misdemeanor charges during his arraignment hearing today and again as you mentioned that bond was set at twenty five hundred dollars with various conditions including no contact with the accuser or any witnesses yeah all all this is very standard right and, and the Chiefs are probably going to let the legal process play out here. Um, let's admit here, most people are worried about what the Chiefs will do in response. And the Chiefs' history here is a little bit interesting because, remember, like everyone knew that Chris Lamont had done had assaulted a man with Alvin Kamara, um, and but they stuck with they stuck with him on the roster, like they like they let him play a whole year with those allegations hanging overhead without really caring about it. And honestly, no one really cared about it because it was a special teams cornerback and it just like, it wasn't a thing really. Um, however, we've also seen in the past the need to let something play out because certainly we all remember Tyreek Hill and the way that he was dragged publicly without, you know, he was of course from the very beginning saying no way this did not happen. Like, I will defend myself. Like he was staunchly defending himself here. We're not hearing anything, seeing anything from Ross, contrary to what happened. Um, so the Chiefs have rolled with some of these things, even like let's say Willie Gay getting suspended for you know the DUI that 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 where you like ran into a light pole or something like that, right? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Uh, so there, in other words, that's what you're talking about. Willie Gay Jr. That that was the, yeah. the vacuum situation as well. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was it. Um, and, and I see Daniel Akers right here. It says, as long as he doesn't lie, that was the major issue with Kareem Hunt, right? Yes. Uh, it, it, it was. That wasn't even what happened. It was the fact that he'd burned all the bridges of trust 
to even come back in the building. Right. And, and I just find this again, we're, we're going to let everything play out. Speculation does no good at this point. You mentioned it perfectly. The Tyree kill situation. We're going to try our best to bring you the facts and not try and put any spin. I don't want to give thoughts on this until we know for sure. Cause again, you mentioned it, the Tyree kill situation. That is numero uno of why we do not do that. We're, we're not here to try and generate clicks or speculate. This is right. a, um, this is something you you pump the brakes on and and you watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're all going to be glued to it, just so everyone knows has the facts. Um, his next court date is not till December the fourth, so we're talking about uh, Nick Bolton will be back. Um, oh no, he won't be. He's out for two months. I I said that wrong. Anyway, it's going to be a while. We have five or six weeks until that happens. It is just worth noting that the Chiefs have had some patience here letting the process play out and not trying to like get ahead of it in terms of some PR way, letting go of a player. They've been patient with players. They've let players, you know, kind of kind of deal with them and and let the NFL punish them for them. That's the way this regime has let things play out in the past. Um it, it gotta go ahead. But but you mentioned it. I know people are going to automatically point to Justin Ross and his lack of uh, production on the field, but you mentioned Chris Lamonts. I mean, Lamonts was a special teamer. Don't get me wrong. Lamonts was a very good special teamer, but still it's a special teamer. Yeah. And the chiefs stood by his side and, and let the, uh, let everything play out. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why, as you're kind of alluding to, would it be any different for Justin Ross? Right, right. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Uh, Thomas Cole, j- just to go to a comment real quick. This team is about to spiral. If you have to talk about being distracted, you're distracted. If you can have a person on the team bringing in the single person on earth with the greatest amount of media speculation and 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 intrigue into the building and Taylor Swift, I think I'm going to be okay with Justin Ross getting arrested in Kansas. I'm just not that concerned about that in terms of a distraction issue. Oh, if you will. You'll just go ahead and shake, shake, shake it off. I mean, you're talking about spiraling. I don't know who you're a fan of, but uh, hopefully it's not the 49ers because Brock Purdy could not throw a uh, spiral last night. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, Yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be SOL if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you at 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. 
What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There was something interesting football related in regards to Justin Ross. Uh, Jordan Foote was tweeting some about what Albert Breer said yeah. uh, in regards to Justin Ross's development with the Chiefs. Here, I'll give this first, then we'll get some thoughts on this. Yeah. Uh, says, what I've heard is there are football issues here. He's been inconsistent in practice, and while he's big, he's not very fast and struggles running some routes. That makes him a tough fit in an offense where receivers are moved around constantly and asked to be versatile in what they bring to the table. Again, it feels like he's just a matchup guy for you, and those types generally play sparingly until they evolve, which, again, might be the least of his problems now. Um I think that also answers why you've not seen Justin Ross in the field. You saw him in the red zone. Red zone Ross wasn't going to be a thing. That push-off, take that out of the equation, whether you think it was or was not a push-off, he was not turned around, not in the right spot. It was a bad route. I've said it time and time again. I'll say it very quickly here. He's not a guy you just plug and play. He has to have a play designed for him to begin with. You know, the year sitting out, you would have hoped he would have learned the playbook better, but maybe that's not the case. So on the field, he was not showcasing much. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I think that plus the legal issue will lead people to believe that he's not long for the team. But again, Chris Lamont, some others, like we'll just hold. Ross is on the team. Ross is gonna be around until he's not. You got to treat him as such. You've mentioned him before in comparison with a Jody Fortson type. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we've seen play out here scripted plays generally around the red zone where he can use that size in a good way um, without a lot of other use on offense. And as much as people want to like hype him up or, or want him to get more time on the field, I think if he got it, everyone would go, Oh, that sucks that (laughs) now I see why he wasn't getting it. You know, you'd have the letdown. So yeah, this legal thing complicates it a little bit, but yeah, I'm not going to be surprised either way how this goes, I think. I think. Again, before we move on, just so everyone's on the same page, Justin Ross charged with domestic battery and criminal property damage of less than $1,000. That's what the court records in Johnson County show. Pleaded not guilty to both, again, not guilty to both misdemeanor charges during his arraignment hearing today. Bond set at $2,500 with various conditions, including no contact with the accuser or any witnesses. And then Ross is due again in court on December 4th. Yeah. So we got a little bit of time there before we'll probably figure out what happens here. Um, look, it, it, the Chiefs on Sunday. Let, let's talk a little bit before, you know, I want to dive into some individual performances. Specifically, I want to get your thoughts and share some of my own thoughts on the debuts we saw. Yeah. But in general, I want to talk more bigger picture. 
look, man, these Chiefs took care of it. I mean, there were a few there were a few drives in a row. Um, you say it. You say it's like a hot knife through butter, right? I mean, credit to Justin Herbert and and what Kellen Moore had the Chargers doing. The Chiefs defense had no answer for it. I mean, you're talking one big play after another big play to guys like Palmer and Kelly, right? I mean, like, and Justin Herbert was dealing. It was great. It looked like it looked like a Stafford Mahomes kind of shootout early on, right? Um, and so the Chargers did put up some level of a fight. But then again, I'm watching the Bills. I'm watching them lose, right? I'm watching the Niners fall apart. I'm watching, you know, the Eagles have looked at at least somewhat, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts has looked mortal. Um, Now Pat is right in the thick of the MVP race again. The Chiefs defense put the clamps down. I mean, that the adjustments they showed in the second half were phenomenal. Phenomenal, right? So you've got a top five, eight, defense you've got a top three five offense special teams looking very special by the way Townsend and Butker are kicking ass I mean we never talk about them but they're completely they're they're both all pros they're both all pros I try and give Butker as much credit as possible because you look around the NFL and when people were wanting him gone last year it's why I said hey y'all pump the brakes because you look around I mean Guys who have been around a long time are getting bounced. They're getting canned. Brett Maher is the latest to get fired. Uh, he also lost me my fantasy football week. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't feel too bad. Uh, but again, you look around the NFL, it's a lot of missed kicks. Even guys who are great, Daniel Carlson for the Raiders missed one. He's not had a great season. Justin Tucker's uh, missed a couple this year. Butker has been absolutely nailed. So I think you're uh, you're right to give some credit to the special team unit. Yeah. Here's what overall what I'm trying to say is this. I'm seeing a very, very complete team who also has the assets to go out and even make a big move if they want. And I'm looking at the rest going, no one else looks remotely this complete at all. It just feels like we're gonna like we're watching the dynasty, man. We're watching it. We're and now these other young quarterbacks are more expensive. People are falling apart. I'm looking at the AFC West going, every team's three years away at least. And that's just assuming they rebuild perfectly. Um, I just like, I'm feeling so good about where the Chiefs are at after having watched that game and even watch the defense struggle and then adjust under Spags. Like, how are you taking all this in? Are you feeling like I am? Yeah, again, I think the Eagles, I'm trying to take this in totality right now. I don't want to just have an overreaction after one week. I think that's just horrendous analysis. I'm not not saying you in general, but I'm saying I'm seeing people like from the national media, not you. I said the national media who all of a sudden are saying, well, the Detroit Lions are bums now. Uh, The 49ers are trash because Brock had two bad games. Like, let's take the totality of the season into effect here. Yeah, Brock Purdy struggled. That team is still electric. Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, they've had a lot of injuries on that team. Uh, The Ravens, I've been saying, is starting to creep up and up as a team. The Chiefs need to be a little wary of um, Todd Munkin. He's been a revelation. I said they're 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 so close to popping offensively. I got bleeped for that. What did they do? They popped offensively against the Detroit Lions. I mean, they are looking really talented, really good. Again, I give a lot of credit to Lamar Jackson, the wide receivers, and Todd Munkin. But when you look around, I think you put it uh, very astutely. The Chiefs might be the most complete team, offense, defense, and special teams. That's what makes them so different. The Eagles, I will say, 
their defense has struggled some this year compared to what a lot of people thought. Jalen Hurts has struggled, but then you saw against Miami. Miami just said, you're not going to run the football against us. We're going to make you throw the football. And what happened? Well, Jalen Hurts threw the football and looks like he's pretty darn good doing it. Uh, I think the Eagles are still probably the best team in the NFC. Sure. Um, sure. You know, if I were putting my money down on it right now, I'm looking at an AFC or a, a rematch of last year with the Chiefs and the Eagles. I will say, full transparency, I know there's a, there's a Bengals fan in here. The Bengals aren't out of it yet. They've struggled, but Joe Burrow needs to get healthy. They've done this the past couple of seasons, started off slow. Joe Burrow's calf, I think, is a major uh, major uh, impact to what he's done so far. If he comes out of this bye week healthy, T. Higgins comes out healthy, I think they're a team that could get hot. I'm just going to say that they're not as good as the Chiefs. I think defensively, the Chiefs are much better. But again, as far as what we have seen, I'm not counting them out. Same way I'm not counting the Bills out just yet. I I totally agree with you in the Bengals ceiling. I think they're well coached. I think they're deep. I think they have key talent in the right places and the history's there. They've succeeded. I'm not going to write I'm not going to write them off or you. No, you just said it. But they're also last place in their division. I mean, like that gauntlet. That gauntlet is that division is insane. It's insane. Um I don't think the Chiefs would falter in that division. I think the Chiefs would win that division. And I don't even hesitate to say that, but, but the Brown, they, like they all play each other. So tough. It's also physical. Each game feels like a major win and they play each other twice. I, I, I feel like the Bengals are undone by their own division in that way. Um, it will be very interesting. I mean, I love it. I love it because I can't wait. I want Cincy to sink so fast that they take their chili with them and i actually like that chili i i hate to say it but i like i like that chili anyway uh all i know is the chiefs are in the best spot looks like the offense is getting right the debut slash return to an extent because he played in the preseason it's the debut return of charles and minahu it was electric i mean this is the trade deadline move but it's something you already had on your team. Ooh, I just a, keep having to woo it. A sack. Sorry. Uh, a pass defense that turned into an interception. Right. Multiple pressures. Charles Aminahu was incredible inside, outside. Obviously helped everyone. And Chris Jones, I know, didn't have his best game. But Charles picked it up for him. It also allowed Mike Dana to get a sack. It allowed George Karloftis to get a sack. Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay Jr., they got involved in the action. I mean, this was just, this was the absolute best a debut could have gone in my mind for Charles O. Uh, you know, like, I'm, here's, what's, here's what's crazy. Let me, let me change the subject just to bring it back around to Charles. Today, today, word came out from the Washington Commanders that they're probably selling. And not only are they selling, but they're taking calls on guys like Montez Sweat and Chase Young, right? Like the kind of trades that you want to see the Chiefs make last year when like uh, like for Brian Burns or something. Like get a guy, extend it. Like the kind of trade I've been wanting them to do for a long, long time. And any other year at any other time, I'd be like, yes, finally the commanders are selling because the commanders have had that incredible front seven for a long time. And it's like, yes, go like I ain't sweating this. Go get Montez, right? Like <laughs> Chase Young, bring him in. And yeah, he'd sweat. 
Yeah, <laughs> love it. And and I I would have like begged for those moves. Now look, Chris Jones is playing very well on the edge a lot of the time. Aminihu's there. Dan is there. Karloftis is there. Felix is going to get his. We got Malik Herring, who actually was having a like a really nice season and like spot like in in minimal rotation. He's just sitting on the bench now. I'm just thinking you know, there's no room. There's no room for any other acquisition here. That means we're full, folks. That means we're full of, I'll say it, length and strength. Length and strength for days. Length and strength. Look at that. I love it. Uh, yeah, man, Spags has his guys. Charles O was the real deal. And look, man, I love John Dorsey. I've got a back tattoo of John Dorsey, top to bottom, left to right. I he love does. him, there, love him, love him. There's angel wings on it, too, for some odd reason. <laughs> I love me John Dorsey, but I'll tell you what. Brett Veach is not only his last couple drafts, but look at all these def- – think of all the defensive players that he signed this offseason that were like minor signings, right? Like like even O'Minihue, which was the most costly – would never have made like, here's a list of the biggest NFL signings of the offseason. Everything the Chiefs did was under the radar in free agency. But a Minihue, he like looks the part, looks like he's gonna be the missing link up front. Drew Tranquil, we've like fawned over him. We've all we've we've both written him Valentine's every month, including February. Um, Mike Edwards has looked so good in that third safety role. I like these signings were like just like the draft picks, like perfectly threaded needles, exactly what the coaches need and what they want. Perfectly like Veach is on a streak, man. Veach is on a streak. It's looking great. A mini hue. You just asked me about a mini hue, and I just brought up like 30 names and and whatever. I'm sorry, but yeah, man, it's it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see. Yeah, another guy who made his debut or return. Debut of 2023 for the Chiefs, McCall Hardman. I mean, a huge punt return, a big pickup with his one catch for six yards. Early on in the game, you're sitting here going, all right, this looks like McCall Hardman. You saw a missed route. You saw, I think it was a drop as well. It just didn't look crisp. And then as the game went on, he had a couple big plays, and then you're sitting here going, this is why. This is why. Now, you know, you look at the box score and it doesn't tell the full story, but just some of the impact plays he made in that game, I, you know, I don't know if it's too early to say I was wrong, but maybe he is a little bit bigger or a little larger needle mover than I thought. Because I said he he's not really moving the needle. He, he moved the needle in this game. He did. He did. He hey, did. You know, and, you know, it, trust me, I pump my chest out when I'm right. I, I, will, I will say when I'm wrong. I think I was wrong. McCall Harmon... Just even just what he did, what he did, I think is going to help out in the red zone more than we think. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't beat yourself up for this because I think you're right. He's not the needle mover in terms of like, oh, let's reshape the offense. But when you're the Chiefs, when you're already six and one, when you're already this good, whatever, what the Chiefs need is can McCall Hardman provide a definite boost? two to four or five plays a game. That's it. That's it. Whether it's one great return and a catch, whether it's two or three great catches, whether it's a a key first down and like what, like whatever it is, you really just need like 
two or three moments in 60 minutes. That's it. Because there's not room for anything else. Other guys are like Rasheed Rice is going to get his. Kelsey's going to get his. You know, like, like it, it's just not going to be there. And yesterday what we saw were two very specific boosts and you turn and go, yep, that's worth a pick swap. That was definitely, that was it. That was it right there. That's all you needed. So I don't even think I need to see more from, like I don't need to see more than even one catch for the first down. I don't need to see one more great return. Like it's just give me a moment like that, couple moments like that per game, and that trade is a definite success. Yeah, and for all the concerns I had, you, you know, I think a lot of them were answered for the most part. Again, if you're expecting him to come here and be uh, wide receiver one, or if he plays a full season, go over a thousand, like you're being unrealistic. But again, I think you have it framed perfectly. A couple of big plays a game. A couple of big plays a game. That is what this Chiefs team needs. And again, I expect his efficiency to to really shine in the red zone. Uh, big shout out to MVS as well. Uh, I know Adam Best, uh, he always likes to call on him. What, what, what's it, a, a wind sprints out there? That's what he's running. MVS had a really nice game. I got, got to give him a, a shout out there. Rasheed Rice continuously growing, um, you know, 60 yards, a touchdown. But Travis Kelsey, strongest hands in the game. Dude. I mean, dude, the hand strength to not lose the ball is absurd. But – if you're the Chargers, wouldn't you think you maybe guard Travis Kelsey? Like, did that ever cross their mind? Like, how are they just like, you know what? We're going to run zone. And what we're going to do is leave a massive hole in the middle of the defense. No chance 87 finds this out. No chance that the best tight end in NFL history understands how zones work. Like, what was the thought process? I, I, I don't know. If if you had to physically construct a defender to take on Travis Kelsey, Derwin James is not that far off of what you would like. Like if you were like doing some Madden create a player, you'd pretty much make Derwin James in terms of like, I need to make a guy who can take on a tight end like that. You, there's just no answer for it. Um, and the Chargers also played it poorly in that first half. Um, yeah, it, it, it was bananas to see. Uh, look, look, man, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this. I thought uh, <laughs> Tom Hood says it's Brandon Staley. Nothing crosses <laughs> his mind. Uh, I, I love that. I love that. Um, I, I'll say this. I think I hit the panic button on Travis Kelsey early this yeah. season. Uh, like, and I was going all the way back to last off season. You know, he was on, you know, he had a back injury that made him, questionable in the postseason if you remember that and i'm just thinking man you got a guy who's put it all out there for a decade who has now back problems in his mid-30s and then coming into the season it was the hyper extended knee that turned into the bone bruise um and then you know the and i even i i think maybe even subconsciously i thought you know he's now he's developing other interests like entertainment wise you know building his portfolio his own brand uh and, and that's fine. I, I don't knock him for that at all. It wasn't like I was down on him, like, focus more on football. It wasn't that at all. I just, I just thought, yeah, we're probably seeing Travis in his twilight. But these last couple games, it's not that at all. And he has said the whole time, I'm going till the wheels come off, baby, right? And I think I had to remind myself, hey, if I'm taking Travis Kelsey at his word, he's going to go until he can't go. And – he may be on the injury report 
now more than before. But the truth is he's been an Iron Man until now. And if he misses a game or two, he's still the best by far in the NFL. Let, let him do it. Let him play 14 or 15 for the next two, three years. He'll still he'll still dominate the charts. I'm just picturing Brandon Staley just after the fifth catch by Travis Kelsey pointing to his staff and just going, who's who's 87? Who is this guy? How, how do we not scout this guy? And you're like, I, I'm just picturing this, the the utter bafflement on Brandon Staley's face, just not understanding who Travis Kelsey is. That's the only thing that makes any sense. They're like, all right, we're going to run one man coverage play against Travis Kelsey. And then he goes for 53. Like there's just no stopping him. It's the fountain of youth. I don't, I don't really care that much about Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. That's, that's their personal life, right? I'm not a, a huge pop culture guy that's, that's just not who I who I am I just don't care that much about it but if she is making him that happy and making him play like he's 27 again <laughs> I'm all in I don't give a hoot I, I will become a huge Taylor Swift fan I, I love Lavender Hayes great song <laughs> hey uh, let's talk another debut here um or actually a reunion we talked about uh uh Nicole Hardman Look, earlier this afternoon, if I would have said, let's in fact, let's let's play a game and and be honest with me, Sterling. If I would have said, hey, the Chiefs just reunited with a defensive lineman, you would have thought first. Who? Hmm. Oh, come on. Tom Bahali. Okay, get out of here. Okay. You're, <laughs> Frank you're Clark. not even playing. You're not even playing my game. Frank right? Clark, Melvin Ingram. Of course you think Frank Clark. Then, of course, you probably think Carlos Dunlap. Then maybe uh, you think Melvin Ingram. Then Terrell maybe Suggs. Suggs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I guess I probably would have even thought Danny Shelton, whatever. Oh, no, I know who I was thinking of. Thomas Jones is done playing running back and taking snaps from Jamal Charles, but his biceps are still so big, the Chiefs said they could use him as an edge rusher. That's probably what I was thinking. We're delaying the news here. Mike Pinnell is back in the building as part of this practice squad, getting the band back together from 2019. Maybe Ben Neiman's on his way back as well in the wake of Nick Bolton news. Uh, what do you think? What do you think of Pinnell coming back? I always liked the guy, but what'd you like? What did you take? It's fine. It's depth, baby. That's all it is. It's depth. Um, you know, when you think about it, it's the Chiefs had the draft capital, a swap, if you will, for McCole Harmon. But I think an underrated part was they had to then release Keandre Coburn. I think Keandre Coburn was then picked up Broncos. I, I don't know the Chiefs' thoughts on, on Coburn, but that was a little shocking to me with Matt Dickerson still on the roster. Um, nothing against Matt Dickerson, but it wasn't a draft pick spent on Matt Dickerson. It wasn't a six-rounder spit on him. Um I don't know if this is a fill-in for Keandre Coburn to an extent of a, hey, just in case we play a team that's very run-heavy, we'll throw in Mike Pinnell as a run-stuffer the way Keandre Coburn was supposed to be. This guy's a veteran. He's not a rookie. That's the only thought process I really have here because I, I don't know how much Mike Pinnell is going to play outside of a handful of snaps if he ever gets activated. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. we're not even seeing Neil Farrell at this point, and we traded yeah. a six-round pick for him. Uh, you know, I, for all the for all the people who are banging the drum about Keandre Coburn and how we could lose him and whatever, look, the the Chiefs made it very clear Coburn wasn't good. I mean, like 
I, people can say, oh, I liked him coming out of college or I thought he was going to be good or whatever. I mean, look, man, in training camp, Coburn had every, every opportunity to earn some level of reps. And they went with Dickerson. They brought in Phil Hoskins. They were bringing in, a, what, Dietrich Wise or some of these other people that are, uh, look, I mean, it just wasn't happening. And they kept him on the roster as a healthy scratch. And then when we lose him, we act like, you know, we just lost the heart of the ocean and like, like on the Titanic, like we, we like we dropped that giant jewel down in the ocean. Like, oh, how could we lose that? What, how, like, how did we lose that to the Broncos? They have, they have Coburn. And look, I wish Kendrick Coburn well. I hope, you know, sure, have a great career with the Broncos. But the Chiefs, look, I mean. They weren't even interested in keeping him around and developing him. They traded for Neil Farrell even after they drafted him, and they're not even playing Neil Farrell. Yeah. So yeah, look, look. Anyone who was looking at that, going, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm wringing my hands over Coburn," is is probably missing the fact that the Chiefs got him, had the coaching staff look at him, and Joe Cullen or someone said, uh, "Yeah, the ceiling here is not what you thought it was." I, I just find it interesting how people can complain about anything, and I get it that, that, to an extent. That's kind of I don't know if complaining's our job, but you try and break down every single move, individual. Sure. But at some point too, we have to understand Chiefs are six and one. The Chiefs have been the best team in the AFC for uh at least five, six years now. The Chiefs know what they're doing. They know more than us. I know it's really fun, and we're, trust me, it's not going to stop me. I'll, I'll continuously uh, break down each individual move, especially ones I don't like, because it's fun to talk about moves you don't like sometimes more than the, than the moves you do like, right? There's more reason to talk about something like that. That irritates me, and here's why. It's just human nature. Yeah. But, but also, again, we're talking about a six-round D-tackle who was very one-dimensional on a team that is six and one, that has a plethora of defensive line talent right now. They have spent back-to-back first rounders on defensive alignment. It is going to be okay. Yeah. Hey, look, I, and let me say this. If I liked Coburn, I, I would be down with it too. I, it is a misuse of, of draft pick. You know, it's not, it's not your most efficient use of draft picks. I get it. And look, here's the thing. Here's the other side I hate. I don't know if you feel this way, Sterling, but I also hate the crowd, especially on Twitter, who are like, Oh, why are you complaining about anything? Like the Chiefs are winning. Who even cares? It's like, well, you should care. You should care because the details matter. That's the difference between good and great teams. You only are able to extend winning over a sustained period of time when you're hitting on your sixth and seventh round picks. Uh, you know, you should care. And it's called analysis. Like we're not here to like we're not here to live in like the yellow submarine together, right? We're not like well, we could. I mean, we could, but I'm not holding hands with you or even digitally and saying like, you know, kumbaya together. We do that off the air, but not like on the air. And so, yeah, man, I, you know, like, look, Brett Veach isn't going to hit a home run every time. It's totally fine. We can talk about when he doesn't and celebrate when he does. And it's called nuance. You're allowed to have like, Things are allowed to be both and, and there's tension. And we and it's just silly to me when people are either losing their minds over something or not allowing anyone to have any critical thought. You know how boring a show would be if we just agreed on every single thing? Mahomes is great. 
And this is the Arrowhead Attic Show. See you later. <laughs> I mean, like that would be an absolute, that'd be a horrible show. Uh, I do want right. to get into the uh, the next segment, and you you brought it up. Nick Bolton's injury, um, you know, two months, seven, eight games. Uh, this is not fun, not good. As a Mizzou alum, as a huge Nick Bolton fan, as a perpetually think he's underrated, as a I have a Nick Bolton jersey and it's his rookie year <laughs> edition, right? I, I call it his rookie year edition because it's number 32. Love um, it. I'm sad, man. But at the same time, aren't you glad there's so much depth, so much versatility? And Drew Tranquil is the first dude that comes to mind. I mean, first, what are your thoughts on Nick Bolton getting injured? Uh, I hate it. I, you know, we all hate it. Um, I hate it for a couple reasons here. One, I hate it for him and his development. Um, you know, first year looked good. Second year established himself as like the heart and soul of the defense. Third year, this was really about taking on that leadership mantle and establishing himself as like the long-term sort of cornerstone in the middle that third year when the game, the game's already not too fast for you. And now you can like add nuances to your game right now. You can like perfect your technique. Um, and it's been lost, man. It's been lost by multiple injuries, ankle now wrist. Now I don't think he's injury prone at all. These are just like random injuries that have happened. It's not, he, he plays violently. He's going to suffer some injuries. So I just hate that for him. And I also hate the length of it, man. Uh, yeah. Look, it, it it's one thing to say like, oh, the Chiefs are finally got Drew Tranquil. Just sub him in there. Well, now your floor is uh, if something happens to anyone, we're talking like Jack Cochran gets major snaps. Yeah. So, so it went from, oh, we have the depth to handle it. And if Nick Bolton was only out a couple weeks, I'd be like, great. But with Nick Bolton out a couple months and it's still being before the trade deadline, I would not mind – a minor signing or a low-level trade to strengthen that unit even further if Bolton being out is going to be an issue and he is going to be out that long. Because if something happens to Willie Gay, which has happened a lot to Willie Gay, by the way, like tell me when Willie Gay's ever played like, you know, 17 Ironman games and not miss snaps and whatever sure. else. Um yeah, that worries me. And Leo Chanel, uh, as much as we like Leo, you know, he's not the well-rounded. Bolton's much more well-rounded than I think people give him credit for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so I like seeing more Chanel, but but I am a little bit concerned. That's not a knock on Jack Cochran. Maybe Cam Jones has something. We just signed Isaiah Moore to the practice squad. These are all young guys, unproven. Who knows? Maybe there's a gem in the works there, but you know, when you have to play a bit, all that to say, when you have to play a Ben Neiman type and give a guy like that snaps, like like an unheralded guy whose ceiling is not like the rest, that's the mismatch that everyone chases and exploits. And then you hate ever seeing that guy on the field. Um, so, yeah. What do you, what'd you think when you saw it? Well, all I'm thinking is that you want to see Ben Neiman, uh, Deron Lee, Damian Wilson, uh, Anthony Hitchens, or Anthony Hitchens. That's who you want to see back. That, that's what I'm gathering from this conversation. Uh, I actually think the Chiefs are still fine. I, I know it's two months. It sucks. I, again, I, I mentioned I, I absolutely hate that. Uh, such a freak injury. It looked brutal because he is an Iron Man. Nick Bolton 
he delivers a vicious hit, but you never would know. He, he is so calm. He is so in control always. His emotions seemingly in check. Happened at Mizzou, happened in the NFL. So when he was down and stayed down, I initially go, something major is wrong. This is not a, ow, I fell on my wrist. This is, that bleep is messed up. Yeah, he screamed in pain. Yeah, that because he is a tough, tough dude. Yeah. So I feel for him. But I think the Chiefs are okay, the linebackers, for now. Uh, and here's why. Drew Tranquil is the versatile piece. He obviously was a green dot with the Chargers. He will obviously take over that role here. He can drop back in coverage. He was top 15, according to PFF, last year in pass coverage. But also, he has two and a half sacks already this year. Spagnuolo knows how to use him. And my one concern is he's a lighter linebacker. He is more of the coverage backer or a blitz linebacker. He's not Nick Bolton who's going to get downhill and wrap up, and you're not getting a yard off him. That's not his game, but he doesn't have to be because the Chiefs now still have the versatility with Willie Gay Jr. and Leo Chennault. Leo Chennault really came on at the end of last year as a guy who was great getting getting downhill and stopping the runners, stopping running backs from getting any extra yardage. So if it's an obvious rundown situation, Leo goes on. If it's an obvious pass down situation, you have Willie Gay Jr. I do think you will see, you know, like uh, Jack Conkren. Uh, that does not surprise me at all. What you lose is the chess piece advantage. You lose yes. the yes. versatility to an extent. You don't lose the versatility as far as what you have, but you lose the vers- versatility on a play-to-play basis, right? Yes. And that's the biggest issue. But as far as what the Chiefs still have, I'm not concerned you just have to make sure these guys know when they are and when they're not going on or off the field. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to get to a couple quick comments here, and then and then I have just one more thing to add here. Um, Gary Holland says, Nick Bolton is absolutely awesome. Totally agree. Tom Hood, that Drew Crankle signing is looking genius right now. Couldn't agree more. We just talked about that. Um, Jacob Delk says, I'm curious if they bring a sign or bring up a different position with Bolton's open spot that that'll be interesting to see how they do that part of the conversation at least on twitter was about um whether we've signed frank clark and and like use that roster spot um in in some way with that but i i like frank clark trust me i love playoff frank clark but the chiefs don't need an extra defensive lineman right now yeah That, that that is not where the chiefs at this point need to spend not money but a roster spot you know, I know we all want to see, or some of us want to see Frank Clark back because the memories. We want to see the playoff success. We want to see him eventually take that number one spot all time playoff sacks. That's great and all, but at some point you got to also realize you're building the team. You're not building accolades. Chiefs care more about winning Super Bowls than getting Frank Clark some some padding stats or some stat pads. Like that's sure, that, sure. That, that's not what it's about. So. I'm not saying the Chiefs won't bring back Frank Clark at some point this season. Because, again, I still think he will play a snap at some point. But it's going to have to take, realistically, an injury or just the attrition that, that happens in any given NFL season for that to happen. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that roster spot. That's a good question brought up by, the, by a commenter. I will say this. I, I think what this will allow for the Chiefs, they're going to have to play a little bit lighter. We've seen very little Shamari Connor. In this, mm-hmm. I think what this will allow them to do is play even three or even four of the safeties. Um, you play a little bit lighter at times than maybe you would like to, but that also has this advantage in coverage too. Um, and so I think we're going to see a little bit more. I, I don't know that they'll lean so much into their linebacker depth, 
I think what they'll do is they'll I think they'll they'll rely more on more like hybrid safety linebacker types and allow those guys Edwards Connor to play more. Um, and honestly, we haven't seen Shamari Connor play too much. I think he played like one one snap on on Sunday, or uh, it was very it was like very very minimal. So you know we liked him in the preseason, but he's been um, you know it, it, he hasn't been needed. Uh, at this point. So uh, that would be my guess. And what's interesting is the chiefs actually have, according to uh, the snap weighted basis of how many snaps guys get uh, the league's youngest defense in the NFL with an average age of 25.4 years. So they're this good, this young ESPN's Bill Barnwell uh, has the chiefs as the number two ranked defense in the entire NFL right now. Um, this is just a complete defense right now. They're ranked sixth in lowest EPA per play allowed, third in lowest dropback EPA. I think the one concern you have with going lighter is they were already, I don't want to say bad, but the weakest part of the Chiefs defense was against the run. Yep. Now no yep. Nick Bolton, and that's where the his skill set really thrives. Yeah. That's the only concern I really have. That's why I think Leo might play more than people – are originally thinking. I think Leo might be the biggest benefactor, obviously outside of Drew Tranquil, uh, probably more so than Willie Gay Jr. Because um, if you do go Brian Cook, Shamari Connor, you're getting even lighter. As, as good of tacklers as they are, they're good tacklers for secondary members. That's not the same as a linebacker that gets downhill. Yeah. The way I'll, and I'll, one more note on linebackers, and then we can move on. Um, and I don't know if you agree with me here. Seeing how this amount of talent and depth at linebacker has transformed this defense from like good to like elite makes me like Drew Trinkle is going to be a free agent. Willie Gay is going to be a free agent, at least on the paper right now. Um, whether they re-sign one or both those guys or whatever or not, um, it makes me think if you let one or even both those guys go, you still need in next year's draft a day two pick at linebacker because having this amount of depth and talent for spags to use in the second level is turning out to be franchise changing. Um, And so I know they used a second, second, then a third on gay on Bolton and then Chanel. But as these guys progress and maybe move on, I think keeping the pipeline of talent coming in at linebacker, especially young like this, is really essential. They're hitting on these guys, and these guys are making, are are elevating the team with them. Yeah, they're they're taking them higher, if you will. And Spags is welcoming these linebackers with arms wide open. It's not my own prison. If I had just one wish, only one demand, I hope he's not like me. Oh. Uh, look, we got to take gotta, my last breath if we don't move on. Dude, we got to Scott Stapp all this. Um, <laughs> Richard. There it is. There it is. Our producer in our chat right here said, please, Stapp, as yeah. in Scott Stapp. That was uh, a little behind the scenes greatness for We've Richard. We've kind of created his own prison, and yeah. it just is, <laughs> is not, it's not working out. All right. Clearly, the wheels are coming off this thing. We've we've talked about most things here. Speaking of Richard, let's just bring him in. We're at the end of the show. Uh, it's time for the. Is it time for the for the must list? Are yeah, we there? let's bring in Richard. Let's bring in Richard. I, I would like to see Richard in here. 
Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, Richard, are you against Creed or against our? No, Creed no, I was, uh, I was just trying to play along. I, yeah, I told them in the private chat. I said, please stop, and then I corrected it and said stop. But are you, I think it's fun. Are you against our puns, Richard? Are you? I'm not. I was trying to join in there. Look at do that. You roll, do you typically roll your eyes? I do not. No, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Actually, I hate it. Yeah, you're right. I'll play in. I'll, I'll yes and you. I hate it. It makes me delirious. I'm at. Uh, folks, we've reached the end of the show where we uh, – our last segment is always called The Must List. It's where we recommend something that we've heard, that we've read, that we've watched, that we've taken in in some way, and we think you should too. Um, just like you're taking this in, we hope that you put this on your must list with your friends. You're sitting around. You're like, you know what you guys need? The Arrowhead Attic Podcast, uh, which, by the way, if you enter, if you enjoy this, please hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel, all that stuff. Sterling, it's the difference between Sterling being able to eat or not. It's seriously without this, I get no more peanuts and I need these. These give me sustenance to live. With one like a day, Sterling can get one peanut added to his jar. With one like a day, Sterling can can pay to keep his hair quaffed. With one like a day, his mustache will grow and all right, let's keep going. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not recommending Sarah McLaughlin uh, for my must list. I'm going to go first because I normally ask you guys. Uh, have you guys heard Sun Little? Nope. Uh, do you guys Sun like Leon, Do you guys like Leon Bridges? Do you yes, guys like, uh, love Leon Bridges. Hell okay, yeah. Sun Little. He's been around for probably a decade or so. He's like an R&B. He's done some collaborations with like RJD2 and The Roots and others. Uh, he's killer, man. He's just killer. He's touring now. A couple nights ago, I was able to catch a show. Uh, there's a there's a group called Black Violin, and it's like traveling, uh, like kind of or- like these guys who play these orchestral string instruments with like a hip hop DJ and a live drummer, and they do all this like cool freestyle. And Sun Little was opening for them, and I was like, I forgot how much I love Sun Little. And anyway, he's got a new album that came out what last year. Uh, if you like Leon Bridges and just good, like kind of, it sounds like old school R and B. Uh, he's great. Uh, so that's my must list for today. You guys take it from here. I've already gone. Richard, what do you got? I go. I'll go next. Uh, all right. So this this whole weekend, I've been binging a bunch of games uh, on my free time. I'm a big dork. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, the. Uh, it's very underrated. The Pikmin series. I don't know if anyone's played this on Nintendo. I've got Pikmin three here for the Wii U. I'm one of the five people who bought that system. Uh, if you like real time strategy games, but you want maybe like a little, maybe like a. Ch- it's kind of childish, but these little things they go hard. They go. They fight for you. They die for you. Uh, it's a little game about controlling creatures to, to help rebuild your ship and get off a planet. Uh, it's it's cool. Pikmin. Get it. Check it out. Question. Yes. What and how many drugs are you partaking in as you play said game? I'm partaking in none. Though I did come home a few nights after drinking and I was like, I'm playing Pikmin. <laughs> I'm playing some Pikmin tonight. So I was sitting there kind of, you know, buzzed playing Pikmin and, and just realizing I love the game. So oh, must yeah. listen. Uh, all right. Uh, my must list is Trent McDuffie. We must make Trent McDuffie all pro. 
We have to. Dude is elite. He is electric. It's bullshit. He doesn't get thrown into the national media conversation when talking about the best corners in the NFL. He's Trent McStuffy in the run game. He can blitz. He can do it all inside, outside. What do you want from Trent McDuffie? Because guess what, baby? He got it. Give me all the Trent McDuffie stocks. Dude is elite, okay? This Chiefs, this Chiefs fence, if you will, all starts with Trent McDuffie, baby. <laughs> I just love you brought up a cheese player. I love yeah, it. That's not my actual muscle, but I just felt like we needed to give Trent McDuffie some love. Cause he's been really good. You're uh, totally right about Trent McDuffie, by the way. My actual muscle list is Omaha, uh, which is, I understand now why Peyton Manning was always yelling Omaha. Cause it's a great little city. It's actually a lot bigger than you'd expect, but Omaha is really cool. Went up there and saw band Midland. My fiance and myself made a little uh, little road trip up there, a little spontaneous road trip. So the band Midland, who we've always wanted to see, they were phenomenal. They played 14 Gears. They do a Jerry Reed cover of Eastbound and Down. It was great. Um, one of the best concerts, Midland, I, I've ever been to. Just so fun. So entertaining. Uh, and then also, they, they were actually the opener for John Party, which is funny. I'm not, John Party's fine. I went from Midland, but John Party's fine. What's interesting is John Party played my fraternity party a decade ago, and now he's headlining 8,000-person arenas. Holy shit. Think he blew up a little bit there? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing yeah. you saw him at your frat party. Yeah, we was like, hey, this this country guy, we can just get him for, like, like I don't know, like a grand, do you think we should get him to play our, our, our party? And we're like, yeah, sure, why not? We can all throw like 30 bucks in, we'll get this guy. So we did, and now he's headlining arenas. So that's kind of neat. Love it, love it. Uh, well, folks, if you, uh, if you have any recommendations of your own, always let us know in the comments or in the comments on the video or podcast, however you take this in. More than anything, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us uh, halfway through the season. You guys are just always great. It's just always so much fun to hang out. So we appreciate the love that you share with us. We hope you feel it back. Uh, on behalf of Richard Sterling and myself, uh, this has been a pleasurable show. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and, of course, it's easier when the Chiefs are 6-1 and one and kicking ass. Uh, so until tomorrow, come back tomorrow for Adam Best and Sterling for our Wednesday. No, Adam, just Adam? Uh, just Sterling. Just Sterling. Sterling. By the way, is Sterling frozen? No, he's not. He's just. No, I'm just sad that it's just me tomorrow. Oh. But he'll be with a guest. We'll f- we're finding him a guest right now. <laughs> Adam Guest is going to be guessed. on the show. And Christopher Guest, yeah. But and Adam Gase. Please know Adam Gase. He, he can't run an offense and he would somehow sink a podcast. So as long as it's not Adam Gase, we'll, we'll be okay. You're not all about that, Gase? It's You're the not? Gase of spades. Dude. <laughs> I saw that sign. Ace of Gase. All right. Hey, well, uh, Richard says we're out, so I'm sorry, folks. We're out. I'm sorry. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.